on this beautiful day that our Lord has blessed us with, the glory of our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Thank you for being here this morning, and thank you all for joining us, for those of you joining us on our online stream, we thank you for being with us today as well. So, as you know, uh, just recently I had the pleasure of being in Arizona, a beautiful state by the way, and there is the newly married couple of waving hi. Hi, you guys. I'm glad to see you're back. Thank you again. Congratulations. But it was a great event. It was a great event. And while in Arizona, I was able to uh, go on a hike. I, I'm not even sure I can pronounce the name of it. Paisuea Peak. Anyway, difficult hike. Very, very difficult hike. It must have been 88 degrees out. Remember, this is Arizona. No trees anywhere, right? No shade, just sun. So I went to Walgreens and I thought, I better get a lot of water because I'm going to need it. By the way, when you get to the top of that peak, the view is absolutely incredible. You can see all of Phoenix. Beautiful hike, very difficult. And anyway, as, we were, as I was going on this hike, I thought to myself, I started to kind of like, you know, they have signs everywhere. Careful of heat exhaustion. <laughs> you know, be careful, but it's very hot out, right? All of these warning signs everywhere. And as I was hiking and I was going through my water, I started to have these racing thoughts. Do you guys ever have these kind of thoughts, you know? Where I was thinking to myself, oh man, I'm going to run out of water. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever had those kind of thoughts? You know, and I was thinking to myself, man, I hope I don't run out of water, because it was really hot and I was going through that water fast. And then I thought to myself, oh, wait a minute. If I run out of water, I know that there are people on this hike that are going to help me. I've seen it before on different hikes where people have fallen and hikers have helped the fallen person, where people need water and hikers have given water to the person who's in need. Isn't that interesting? I've seen that. So I thought to myself, okay, relax, it's going to be okay. If I do get into trouble and run out of water, I'm sure somebody here will, will help me. I didn't run out of water, by the way. I ended the hike and everything was good. But just the thought, someone is going to help me. I know someone is going to help me. Now, as I was thinking about my thoughts today, what I wanted to share with you, I thought to myself, my gosh, if somebody was in trouble on the trail, Another hiker would help me. How many times do I pass by on the street? People who are in need. And I just ride that one. Me. How many do we how often do we do this thing? Isn't this an interesting thing? And maybe it's because in, in the in the realm of hiking, there is this kind of camaraderie. We're all kind of in the same boat, and so we all kind of want to help each other. But perhaps with the people on the street who are destitute and in need. Perhaps there's maybe a little bit of fear there associated with helping them. We don't know if they're mentally ill or how they're going to react. Perhaps we just we can't, maybe just can't connect with them. Like the hikers can connect with the other. Maybe we just have a more difficult time connecting with them. So but the tendency is, for all of us, we included, is to just drive right by them, right? And I share this with you this morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, because of this beautiful gospel reading of the, of the Good Samaritan. Here was this man, this lawyer, who wanted to inherit eternal life. 
ask Jesus, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And what does Jesus say to him? He says to the lawyer, what does the law say? And the lawyer says, you shall love. And Jesus said, responded, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. This is the answer Jesus gave to the man who said, how do I, have, how do I inherit eternal life? But the lawyer, wishing to justify himself, asked Jesus, well, who's my neighbor? And then Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. Now, in the story of the Good Samaritan, the road to Jericho, my brothers and sisters in Christ, was a road well known for its treachery. You never wanted to travel the road of the Good Samaritan by yourself. Because if you traveled the road of, I'm sorry, the road to Jericho by yourself, you would have ended up probably beat up like this man was on the side of the road. Because that's where thieves and robbers just were waiting for people on the road of Jericho to rob them and to steal from them. Exactly what happened. This man ran across robbers, right? In the ancient world, if you didn't resist, you weren't beat up. So this man probably resisted, not wanting his property to be stolen, so he was beat up, left for naked on the side of the road, left for dead on the side of the road. Now who happens to walk by? Who's the first person to walk by? Do you remember in the gospel reading this morning? The priest. The priest. That's right. The priest walked by. Now, in the Jewish tradition, priests come from the lineage of Aaron. Aaron was Moses' brother, right, in the Old Testament? So, the priestly lineage is from that of Aaron. And this priest was a very, had a very privileged position in the synagogue, in the Jewish temple at the time, right? He was looked upon as a pillar of society. But what did he do when he saw this poor man beaten up on the side of the road? What did he do? He just walked by him. And then, who came after the Levite, right? There was the priest, and then the Levite came. Who are the Remember the Levites. You can think of the Levites from the tribe of Levi as the ancient deacons in the temple. The Levites also played a liturgical role. Some of their role was singing. Some of their roles were keeping guards over the doors and whatever happened. So the Levites were like the modern deacons of today, assisting the priest in performing the rites of the temple. But the Levites, as they were walking by this man who was beaten up on the side of the road, this Levite, what did he do? He just kept walking. Walking. Thank you. <laughs> he just kept walking. And then along comes the Samaritan. Now the Jewish people didn't like the Samaritans very much because remember why? I mean, we've talked about this before in some of our sermons. The, the Samaritans, who were of Jewish ancestry, intermarried with pagan people of pagan cultures and brought paganism through the Jewish traditions. And so the traditional Jewish people viewed the Samaritans as really less than human, right? So to call a Samaritan back, some of the Samaritan back then, was actually a, a, an insult. But to call somebody a Samaritan today because of this gospel reading is actually not an insult at all, but it's a great compliment. So the Jewish people didn't like the Samaritans very much. So here's the Samaritan. He goes and he sees this 
person on the side of the road beat on And what does he what the beautiful the beautiful wording he had compassion on this man. Now you have to stop and think for just a second that this this Samaritan, he's probably on his way somewhere. He was traveling on the road to Jericho. So he was traveling somewhere that he needed to be. But he stopped and he helped this man. Because you see, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that's what compassion does. Compassion forces us to change our priorities. Should think about it. Compassion invites us, leads us to the place where we change our priorities. This man was no longer, the Samaritan was no longer worried about where he had to be. All the Samaritan was concerned about was helping this man who was beat up. And what does he do? He takes oil and wine and pours it on the man's wounds. Again, a lot of liturgical imagery here. What is wine used for? Communion. What is oil used for? Holy unction. Communion and holy unction are both vehicles leading towards healing. Towards healing. So he put oil and wine on this man's wound, took him to the inn, and gave the innkeeper two denarii. A whole day's wage back then was half a denarii. And he gave the innkeeper two denarii, and he said, the innkeeper, whatever he needs, I will come and I will pay you. Just make sure this man is taken care of. A very, very powerful story, my brothers and sisters in Christ. And in this story, our Lord is inviting us to consider three things. And very briefly, I'm going to share with you what those three things are. The first thing our Lord is, is asking to invite, is inviting us to consider is this. Who are we in this parable? Who are we in this, who am I, Father Dean, in this parable? Am I like the priest? Am I like the Levite? Am I like the Good Samaritan? Who am I in this parable? And I have, if I have to be honest with myself, knowing how many people I drive by on the street every day who need help, I would have to say, honestly, that I'm more like a priest than a Levi. Not stopping to care for a person in time of need. But that's me. I can only answer that question for myself. Each one of us has to answer. The answer might be different for each and every single one of us. But it's an invitation to think. To think about how we live our faith and how we live the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in wanting to help the other. The second point is this, that when we end the liturgy, the liturgy does not end here. There is a saint, a saint, well you never know. As Father Stanley Herricus says, who was a great professor of mine at the seminary, we need to learn how to live the liturgy after the liturgy. Because you see, my brothers and sisters in Christ, it's easy to live the our faith in the context of what we call the church, in the context of worship on Sunday morning, it's easy to live our faith here. But our Lord is inviting us, and Father Stanley Herricus in his writings is reminding us, through this gospel, that we are invited to live the liturgy after the liturgy. And what does that look like? Helping those in need in community. A very beautiful and powerful way to live the liturgy after the liturgy. And the third thing, I believe, that our Lord is inviting us to consider 
in this beautiful gospel reading is this. I don't know about you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, but yeah, even though I consider myself to be probably the, 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 like the priest of the Levite restoring, I'm also very much like the man who was wounded and beat up on the side of the road. Because the road to Jericho, in this gospel lesson, represents the road of life. And sometimes, my brothers and sisters in Christ, life is not kind to us, and life is not fair to us. And sometimes we may feel like we're that person beat up on the side of the road. But who's the Samaritan? Ultimately, the Samaritan is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who leads us to this beautiful, beautiful place of healing. And remember, those of us who are quote-unquote beat up, laying on the side of the road, you know, as, as I'm passing by these homeless people, it's easy to look at them and to say, oh man, these people need help. They're broken. But let me tell you, there are a lot of people walking around who need help and who are broken. And we don't even see their wounds. You know, there's this, this lady sociologist once, she decided to do a survey of just people randomly walking in the street. Kind of where they were in their lives and, and kind of what's, what's going on with them in their life. She was just asking random questions. As they were walking the street, she would stop them and she would say, what's going on in your life? Tell me about your life today. So she ran across a family who was going to a funeral home to purchase a coffin for a relative that just died. She ran across a family who was taking the little girl to the dentist because the little girl had a really, really bad toothache. She ran across people who had lost their jobs and were going to, to places where they could uh, get self-unemployment, rather, and looking for other, other work. She ran into so many people who were walking and looked just fine, <laughs> you know, but inside they were wounded. And they were experiencing wounds in their souls. So I and we are invited to see ourselves as that wounded man on the side of the road that goes to Christ. And we are invited to see the Good Samaritan as our Lord who has come to heal us. I just want to share with you from the writings of Father Anthony Conieris, and then I'll close. Father Anthony Conieris, in his writings, says the following. He says, In this world, we need suffering, pain, and evil. Evil is not God's will. And it was not created by Him. He wants to get rid of it just as much as we do. In fact, the Good Samaritan in today's Gospel is God Himself. He came into the world to destroy evil, to cancel out sin, which is the source of most of our suffering. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus says in St. Luke's Gospel. Never did Jesus pass by on the other side of the road. He went wherever he knew there was suffering and need. When Jairus came to him and told him of his daughter, at home on the point of death, and besought him to come, Jesus arose and followed him right into the midst of the need and suffering. The answer to the question, why did Jesus come to earth? Why was he born on Christmas? Can be given in a few simple words of the parable. He saw, he had compassion, and he came. The helpless, mutilated body on the side of the road is none other than humanity itself. The act of the Good Samaritan is the act of God stooping in Christ to raise us once more to health and freedom. So, my brothers and sisters in Christ, this beautiful gospel lesson, and I close 
with this thought to share with you. This beautiful, beautiful gospel lesson invites us to two very special places. One, it invites us as we begin the Christmas fast tomorrow. Because tomorrow, the 15th, we begin the fast of 40 days leading to Christmas. And the invitation is, how are we going to prepare ourselves to celebrate the nativity of our Lord just now in 40 days? How are we going to prepare ourselves? Perhaps one way of preparing ourselves, in addition to going to confession, fasting, and praying, is to care for the need of the young. I remember, and Nick isn't here, and he'd probably be embarrassed if I shared this, but I don't think he would mind. Nicholas Mottos one year said, Father, you know, I have a great idea that I'm going to do this year. I said, what, what is it, Nick? He said, I'm going to fill some bags with non-perishable items, water, maybe some crackers, whatever have you. I'm going to put these bags together. And for this Christmas plan, as I'm driving my car down the street and I come across a homeless person, I'm going to roll down the window and I'm going to hand them the bag. And I said to Nick, what a beautiful thought, Nick. What a beautiful idea. Something for you and I to consider as we're walking our journey of life this next 40 days as we prepare ourselves to enter and to celebrate, rather, the beautiful, beautiful feast of our Lord's nativity. And you know what the beautiful thing is about helping the man on the side of the road? As we help the man on the side of the road, guess what happens to our own wounds? You begin to heal. Helping the other is part of our healing journey. So, no matter whether we're the priest or the Levite or the Good Samaritan, also viewing ourselves as that wounded man on the side of the road, as we're helping him, as we're helping her, we're helping ourselves. Right? Because, I don't know about you, my heart needs healing, I know yours probably does as well, because sometimes my brothers in Christ, life just isn't. So, this, my brothers in Christ, is the invitation of this powerful gospel lesson today. It's a powerful way to live the liturgy after the liturgy. And remember, most importantly, the question that was asked by the lawyer that Jesus, that led Jesus to tell the story, Lord, what must I do to gain eternal life? And what was Jesus' answer? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your strength and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Do this, and you will live. May our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ bless us all and keep us in his care on this day. Amen.